Thank you for joining us for another leadership podcast by Pastor Jurgen Matesius, lead pastor of C3 Church in San Diego. Well, hello and welcome to this month's C3 San Diego Leadership Podcast. Uh, pastor Jurgen's currently out of town, so he has asked that myself, uh, my name's Pastor Drew, I'm the Connect Pastor here at C3 Church, uh, and also Pastor David Chittick on my left. Hey, everybody. Who is the North Campus Pastor and also the youth, My City Youth Pastor, and then Pastor John, next to him, is the Central Campus Pastor. Hello, Pastor Drew. How are you doing? I'm very good, John. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. Excellent. And I might add as well that we are actually live today at our staff and intern meeting, so... They are all pumped up on coffee and Red Bull. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be good. So uh, anyway, so this month we thought what a great opportunity is to talk about the topic of serving another man's vision, being a really good number two, number three, number seven, whatever right. guy. So Pastor David, why don't you introduce that topic and just let, us, let the people know in the podcast world, what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, absolutely. But before I, I get into that, I want to give a shout out to our Cherish Women's Conference absolutely. that is coming up, coming up in September 18th. And uh, you can register on our website, c3sandiego.com. We want all the women to get it. Last year, it pretty much sold out. It did sell out. So don't wait. Register now. Register your teams, uh, not your male teams, but your female teams. Register them, fly them out. It's worth the flight. It's worth the hotel stay. So get them out here for Cherish Conference. I guarantee you it will change uh, your women, your women leaders. It'll change any woman's life. And really it will change men's lives as well because a changed woman will change a man. Praise God. Right? Awesome. Send your wife, men. Send your wife to Cherish Conference. They won't be the same. Invest. Invest. Awesome. And then one other thing I wanted to bring yeah, up talk is about, uh, talk about Pastor, Pastor Jurgen's book, book, Push. Pray until something happens. His book comes out on August 5th, which is uh, coming up very soon. Very soon. Um, by the time you hear this podcast, it's probably going to be right around the corner. So make sure you get that book and go to Amazon. You can pre-order. Um, pray until something happens. He's basically talking about um, praying until the will of God happens. And he's taken on all kinds of misconceptions about prayer. I'm telling you, I have read a lot of this book. It is an incredible book. Got an advanced copy, and it will change the way you pray. Awesome. Very cool. So, Pastor Chittick, why don't you introduce the topic, and, Great. and let's talk about it. Yeah, so really, uh, since Pastor Jurgen isn't here, we didn't uh, want to take liberties and, and talk something that he would, he would talk about. But one thing that we can speak from is, is how to be a, a, a good number two. And I think it's something that we all will deal with. Some people might struggle with it. Some people will deal with it. And uh, it's, it's a great topic to talk about, and it's a great topic to discuss and to really dig deep in because every number one person needs a number two person. Without a number two person, the number one person can't accomplish the vision that's in, in their heart. And there, there's good number twos, and there's bad number twos. <laughs> and uh, there's good people that are... <laughs> All right. I mean, that's that prophetic. was always going to be misinterpreted. That's prophetic that was brilliant. from the Lord. I mean, there's, yeah, we all know that. Everybody knows that there's good and bad. But <laughs> with that said, we just felt like it was a really good topic to discuss and to uh, and and to break down and just yeah. lessons that we have learned along the way of right. how to be a great second person. 
Absolutely. Amen. To be a second person. Thank you, Jesus. And this really does apply to anybody, not just those who answer to a, a senior leader, but, uh, you know, for the guys sitting here today in front of us, if you're a society intern, you know, you're, you're number one guy, Matt and Loren Tuggles. Uh, you know, so you're serving their vision. So you can be a great number two, be a great number three for them. So it applies to anybody and everybody. We all serve under somebody else's vision. We all submit to that vision. That's right. It's cool. So why don't we start off with the first question. Let's, um, let's clarify the differences between what a number one person carries and what a number two person carries, the characteristics. Yeah. John? So, I mean, one of the things, obviously, a number one person carries is the, the ultimate vision of, of the organization or where they're going. And so, um, you know, God speaks to the visionary or the lead pastor about where the church is meant to go. And so when Pastor Jurgen and Leanne came over to San Diego, they had a vision from God, not their vision, from God, about what C3 San Diego is going to be. And so, you know, all of us, we don't know the price, the full price that's been paid. We don't know the full... Um, conversations that they've had with God, communications with God. Um, all we know is kind of what they are able to share with us. And so a number one, their main job is to lead the organization. And, and, and at the end of the day, what they say ultimately goes. And so that's basically the difference between a number one and a number two. A number two ultimately has to submit to, um, you know, this, the senior leader's vision and mission for the church or for the organization. Yeah, I'd agree 100%. Yeah, number one casts a vision and number two is a carrier of the vision. And uh, it's so important. And I, I remember getting on the team here. And really, I didn't get a vision for what I was doing until I fully submitted to Pastor Jurgen and Pastor Leanne's vision. I didn't come and say, I already got a vision for where I'm going. I already got a vision for what I'm going to do. I just came and, and said, I want to submit to this vision. I want to make their vision my vision. Right. And uh, it wasn't until I submitted to that vision that I could fully accomplish what um, I was asked to do. Can I just comment one more thing is that um, I was talking to, I think, Pastor David earlier, and I was discussing about how um, I had talked to another pastor of another church and another movement, and they said um, when they found out that my wife, Pastor Becky, and I were, you know, under Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, they were like, man, you guys have placed yourself brilliantly. Yeah. So You guys have, again. like, strategically placed yourself, yourself brilliantly, and I'm thinking, and we're thinking, we didn't place ourselves anywhere. All we yeah. did was submit to a vision, and God put us where we're at. We didn't intentionally go okay past you're gonna land they're moving to san diego how can i get in there it was just literally just submitting to their vision i know where it pastor just, john and pastor becky place themselves they place themselves perfectly in setting up the bathrooms this is one of the first things right. that they did so if you want to if you want to fully submit and be a great number two start setting up bathrooms and doing stuff like that and uh, that's placing yourself strategically right there right right yeah. gosh the staff and interns are being very rowdy today. <laughs> Too much caffeine. But there is something powerful about letting your vision die and really burying your vision for your life in the house of God. What a great place to bury it underneath somebody else's vision because together we can all do so much more than individually. Um, so why does every leader need a number two guy? Why, why is that so important? And also in that question, what does a leader look for? In, in those right-hand people that they can rely on? Yeah, well, I think a, a number one person, so a, a lead pastor needs people to help them accomplish the vision that God has placed in their heart. Nobody can do it on their own. Uh, the Lone Ranger, who's by definition should be alone, it had Tonto, had somebody with him. So 
God will give vision, but if a, if they think that they can do it on their own, they're not going to accomplish anything. So they need people to come alongside them to help help them accomplish the vision. Elijah prayed that there would be rain on the land, but his servant is the one that went and looked for the rain to come and actually had to hike up a mountain to see it. So it's not an easy thing, but without his servant, Elijah wouldn't have known that there was a cloud the size of a man's fist. And so uh, we see that, but the importance of that person and that number two, so Elijah needed him. Elijah was the one that got the vision from God that there was going to be rain. He was the one that heard. He was the one that told the king that I hear the sound of abundance of rain, but it was a servant that was with Elijah that was the one that was looking and was the one that first saw what Elijah was praying for. And so uh, we need, and, and all, Elijah was a great man, you know, referenced throughout the Bible, one of the greatest men to ever live, but he still needed somebody to help him accomplish the vision that God placed in his heart. Very good. And I think what, what, um, what leaders look for in a number two or, or in people on their team are people that are faithful. So uh, the Bible says in Luke 16 that, you know, God tests us in three things. And one of them is uh, money. One of them is the least of these things. And then one of them is another man's vision. And so it, says, it literally says, if, if you can't be trusted with another man's vision, who will give you your own vision? And so I know for me and, and uh, you know, in the teams that I have and, and everything else, it's so much easier to um, accomplish your vision when you don't have people that are working with you, trying to manipulate you or trying to ma- manipulate the situation in order to accomplish their vision. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Yeah. And so... Um, you know, the, 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 the number one thing I think that we look for is faithfulness. And uh, another thing that Pastor Jurgen always talks about is theirness. It's kind of a word that they coined. And, and you, can, you can only build your future and your vision and, and the organization on people that are around, the people that are there, people so that are great. committed. So, yeah. And so faithfulness is, is a huge thing that I think, you know, we need to look for as, as leaders and that we need to be to our leaders. Absolutely. Faithfulness is so, so important. And I would say this, I would say that um, strategy is a negotiable thing, but vision is not. So your leader's vision is not really something that you negotiate with them. That's something they carry from God. It's a burden that you help them carry. Now, how you carry that out together as a team can be discussed around a table, but at the end of the day, the leader, when they say, this is what we're going to do, we all stand up, we all go out of the room, we make it happen. Because the vision is not negotiable. It's their vision. I I know... uh, let me just add on, on to that with this is last year we had a, a twisted production and it was part of the greatest Christmas production that we had and we had so many new people come and it was just incredible. We had to add extra shows to it and really the reason that that was was because Pastor Jurgen had cast a vision of what he wanted and that vision was accomplished through people in the church, through team in the church that said we're not going to negotiate on what the vision that Pastor Jurgen uh, was casting we did it we, we said hey this is the songs that he wanted this was the feel that he wanted a lot of times we want to kind of add to it or take away from it because we think we know better but he has a vision from God and so we said okay we're going to do these songs we're going to do it like this because he has a vision in his heart and when something comes together when a vision is cast when people come together to accomplish the vision that's cast miracles happen and uh, we, we saw that. And, you know, you, you'll see that, too, in, in your ministry and your teams when you can accomplish and not say, oh, we know better 
than the senior leader or we know something that's that's different or we're going to do it a different way uh, but saying no that vision that's been cast is from the senior leader and we're going to accomplish everything that is in his heart um, to the T then you'll see miracles happen as well right and just respecting that your leader sees things differently than the way we see them they've got a They've got the view of in the traffic jam, they're in the helicopter looking ahead and we're the ones stuck in the traffic jam sometimes or, or whatever. And we're thinking, we don't understand, but they understand, they see what's ahead. Um, let's go on the next question. Let's talk about the S word, submission. Whoa. Oh, I thought it was something S-word. different. Submission. Um, obviously, submission means to be underneath a mission. So what can we do, or what can the people out there do to make sure that they are submitted and stay submitted? I think uh, for me in coming to C3 Church, I knew that God had called me to this church. So I knew that God had placed me in C3 Church to, um, to be here. And so what that did for me is that gave me uh, an understanding that whatever the vision of this house is, whatever the mission of this house is, yeah. I'm going to submit to it. So if you know that you're called to, to your church, your organization, or even the company that you're in in the marketplace, if you know you're called there and, and that's where you're supposed to be, then there's no better thing that you can do than submit to that mission. So I think the, the number one thing for me would be, okay, am I called to this house? Am I called to this organization? Am I called to this mission? And if that's the case, if God's told you that's where you're supposed to be, then go all in. Go all in and submit to that vision because it's a God thing. You know what I mean? And so, uh, yeah, that, that's what helped me. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is Jonathan and his armor bearer. And uh, Jonathan has it in his heart to go up and attack the Philistines. And he has his armor bearer. And I, and I love the, these stories because the, the number one guy is always named, but the number two guy is never named. He's always just a servant or he's just an armor bearer. Um, so you have to be okay with that. But he, he, go, he goes up and Jonathan says, hey, I have it in my heart. I want to go attack these guys. What do you think? And his armor bearer's response is everything and everything to do with submission. And he says, do all that is in your heart. I am with you. Do all that is in your heart. So really his armor bearer has a whatever mentality. He says whatever. Not, not a questioning uh, whatever, but a whatever. Whatever you want, wherever you're going, whatever is in your heart, I'm with you. You want to go attack him? It looks like we have bad odds. I don't care. If it's in your heart, we're going to accomplish it and I'm going to help you. Whatever is in your heart. And uh, to, be, to be submissive and to be under a mission, we have to have that whatever mentality. The whatever. Whatever you want to go. If you want to start another campus, if you want us to do another service, if you want us to have another conference or another event, whatever. Because we believe that you're hearing from God, and I want to be in that place where I'm under your mission when you hear from God. It's great. And one thing I love about our church is we have such a great culture of, of that, of yeah. building the house of God. We have so many amazing people on teams here that just you know, get to church at the crack of dawn, set up church, put out chairs, clean up bathrooms, help people find parking spaces. It's, so, it's such a great culture to have. And one thing that blows my mind is that there are people that are willing to do whatever their boss says for $15 an hour or $9 an hour or whatever, the prices that they get bought for. But then on the weekend, maybe they, they won't for someone who's not paying them. So in that way, it's kind of like, I'll submit to someone who's paying me or I'll submit to money, but I, have, but I won't submit to leadership through Christ, which is a really scary place to be when you think about it. You do not want to be there. And, you know, the Great Commission, 
um, what, what we do really, what Jesus said was, you know, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. The first step is deny yourself. Yeah. Three-step discipleship right. process. The first step is so self-denial, letting yourself, letting your thing die. So next question, great. what would you say to the person who really has trouble submitting? Um, and I think we've all seen from time to time people that have a heart, they actually have a genuine heart for for people and for ministry, but they can't get this submission thing right. So they often jump from church to church um, for looking for opportunity. And quite often, and I've seen this a few times, they'll end up starting their own church with no covering, just on their own, like a lone ranger, which is, again, a scary place to be. What would you say to those people that just struggle to submit? They just, they, can, they can't do it. What would you say to encourage them today? Yeah, I... Uh Pastor Jurgen has said something to me and to other people around, and he, he tells the difference between a sent person and a went person. And uh, I've always made it my decision that if wh whatever I'm doing, I want to be somebody who's sent, not just somebody who went. And, uh, and it, it's so important. The disciples were sent by God. They didn't just go. They were sent. They were sent two by two. They were sent out into all the world. Jesus commissioned them to go out into all the world. I think we, we try to make our job a lot tougher than it is. And we try to just sit and, oh, I just heard from God, so I need to go. Because we think that God only speaks to us, but not to our leadership. I've, it, my, it is so easy for me to make decisions now because I just bring whatever God has put in my heart, I bring it to my senior leader and I say, hey, what do you think? And if he says no, then it's a no. If he says go, then I go. And it's really easy. I don't have to meditate on it. I don't have to fast for months and months. Is this the word of God? Is this where you want me to go? I just go to my leadership and I say, what do you think? And they give me an answer and that's what I do. And, and, and here's the thing. My Pastor Jürgen and Leanne have, in my life, have never been wrong with the guidance they have given me. But even if they are wrong, if I still submit to that, God will still honor me because of it. We think that we'll miss out on a God opportunity when we don't do what God has put in our heart. But that's not the case. Man, God will honor it and God will reward us for submitting to leadership. And it's just, don't overcomplicate things. If you're one of those people that can't submit, God is never going to give you your own thing. And, uh, and don't overcomplicate it. Just say, whatever, whatever. My senior leader, you're telling me to go. You're telling me to stay. Whatever you want me to do, I'll, I'll, I'll let the thing God has put in my heart die because I, I actually just want to serve you. So good, man. And it's the same thing uh, you know, with me. People say, where do you see yourself in, in five years? And it's kind of hard to predict because it's not really up to me. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's just as much up to me and God speaking to me as my leaders. And so I've decided that I'm not going anywhere unless Pastor Jürgen and Leanne literally kick me out because I'm, I'm planted here. But one of the things that uh, you brought up is that, or, you know, that we talked about in Luke 16 where it says, if you can't submit to another man's vision, you're never going to get your own. So what people do is they try to force their own vision. And then the Bible also says that you reap what you sow. And so if you go out on your own without being sent, but you just go and you haven't been faithful to another man's vision, you're going to find that a lot of people that you're leading will, be, will just leave because wow. you're going to start to reap what you've sown. So you're not going to get people that are faithful if you're unfaithful. Yeah. And so be careful if you're one of those people that can't submit because your future is a little bit scary. I was, uh, yeah. I was golfing with somebody once, and, um, which is tough to do, really. But uh, I was golfing with, with, with a leader from uh, Orange County, and he asked me, he says, so what's in your heart? 
what do you want to do? Do you want to go plant a church? Do you want to go do this and do that? And I remember thinking, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, am I in the wrong place? Because I don't have it in my heart to do that, to plant a church, or am I not thinking the right way? Or am I not a leader? Because they all think that way and they all think the church that they want to play or the next, or the thing they're in is a stepping stone to get to the next thing. And, uh, and I remember my response was, actually, to tell you the truth, I don't have any aspirations like that. I just want to serve my senior pastor. And I'm not trying to be like this person that's all high and mighty. I just want to serve my senior pastor. But I made a decision that I was going to go when, when he sent me. And I wasn't even going to aspire for those things until it was my time and trust that my leader will, will send me. And so I remember just saying, actually, I, I, I haven't even thought about that. I just want to be where my senior pastor is and do what is in his heart. And and God honors that for you, all your number twos or number threes or number sevens or number twelves. Just do what's in your leader's heart. That's awesome. And I, I think I'd much rather be a number one, number two guy yeah. than a number two, number one guy. So true, man. And tragically, 85% of church plants fail. So I don't think we can sit here as the body of Christ and say, we've got it right. And I don't want to discourage anybody on the podcast today, but I would have to say this, that, you know, if you feel that's you, you've got to be really sure. You've got to be sent. You've got to be sure that, that you're meant to be that number one guy. And you've got to be real sure that in the long term, you're going to impact a whole lot more people than you would being underneath the covering of another pastor because we're here to, to win the world. And so for me, like, if I could influence hundreds in, the, in this house here, as opposed to, you know, tragically some of those church planning stories where it's like seven years later and they close down, they've had 50 people the last seven years. For me, that's tragedy. That's someone who could have been a great number two, tried to be a number one, didn't work out. Not, not a good outcome. Not a good outcome in the end. So not to be... A, a downer yeah. on the conversation, but we do want to help people with this with this podcast. Um, let's let's change direction for for the next question. Uh, what do you do when you feel like you're being overlooked, or um, you know we've heard this in mini ministry before. Oh, no one no one recognizes me, or no one sees me, or I've got these gifts and talents in me, and yeah. and, um, and no one sees them. What do you say to those people who are struggling with that? Yeah, I uh, th- this is a this is a big one for me. Um, being being a campus pastor, people I think think that you're actually fully leading something, but it's not really the case. Um, we are still submitted under the vision of Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, and so I, I've made it made a decision in my heart that my main goal is to not try to grow the campus that I have. And this might sound weird to people listening into staff here but my main goal isn't to isn't to grow something my main goal isn't to put on a great event my main goal isn't to have all these numbers my actually number one goal is to serve my senior pastor and what happens is is when I, I make my goal to grow something then when I have an idea and my idea gets shot down I actually get offended by it but if my main goal is to serve the senior pastor and if he shuts down a, a idea I have because it doesn't align, then I'm okay and I don't get offended because my main goal isn't just to grow my thing. My main goal is to serve my senior pastor. And if that's the case, if I can keep that my main thing, then even if I get overlooked or my ideas get thrown out time and time again, I'm okay with it 
Because I'm not just trying to grow something. I'm not trying to make a name for myself. My main objective is to serve my leader. And whatever he has me do. And, and that's why if I'm a campus pastor today and a volunteer tomorrow, I have to be okay with that because my main goal isn't to make a name for myself or to grow the campus or to get people there and to get people saved. My main goal is to serve my senior leader. And when, right. when, when that is the main thing, then it makes it so much easier when you're overlooked and when your idea gets thrown out and your plan gets thrown out and something you spent months and months on and you present it to your senior leader and you say, I spent six months on this. I've been praying about it. I've been submitting it. I've been, uh, this is a God thing. And they say, nope, I don't think so. You can either get super hurt and leave the church or you can say, that's okay because that's not my main thing. I'll bring that to you because you're asking me to do it. And if my, main, if my senior leader asks me to, hey, I want your objective to be to grow it, then I will make that my objective, but I won't make it my main goal. My main goal is always to serve my senior leader. That's good. I think uh, kind of along the same vein is that um, if you're always going out for man's approval, man lets you down. So the Bible says to do all things as to Christ. And uh, if... You know, so no matter what we're doing, if we get overlooked or if people don't like approve what we're doing, but God sees what you're doing, God sees that you're yeah. faithful, God sees that you're working, God sees that you're trying to do your best to accomplish the vision of your leaders. You know, so we do it unto Christ because Christ never lets us down and he always sees. And I've seen it time and time again where people will say, well, hey, that person didn't do all these things yet. They're getting elevated. And the, the, the thing is, number one, you don't know what they've done to get there. But number two, if they haven't been faithful, they're not going to stay there. So you just need to stop worrying about everybody else and do what you're doing as unto Christ. So mm. good. And so I mean, good. I can relate to being overlooked um, my whole life, really, when it comes to sport. <laughs> Which I don't understand, you know, man. Look I don't you. get it. I mean, I feel like I'm agile. I'm fast. Tall. I'm semi-coordinated. But yet I don't get chosen for these sporting teams. So I feel it. I know what it's like yeah. to carry that cross. We'll pray for you, man. Some of us have to do it, man. Some of us have to do it. But on a serious note, one thing that I love about the Bible is that it says, well done, good and faithful servant, which totally relieves everybody of every pressure to be anything else but a servant. Because it's not, God's not going to say, well done, good and faithful preacher, worship leader, anything else. He's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And in uh, a million years' time in heaven, we're going to be celebrating servants, not gifts. I think that's a really important that thing. Awesome, that, that will just relieve awesome. you of yeah, the pressure so that you're true. putting on yourself. So uh, we're coming up to a close now. So let's, let's wrap it up with a final question, which is probably one of the most important ones. Let's talk about the importance of praying for your leader, how important that is. Pastor John? Yeah, I think praying for your leaders is so, so, so crucial for a whole bunch of different reasons. But... Um, I think praying for your leader actually helps you have a heart for them. So whatever you're praying for, God will give you a heart for. So if, you know, if I want to go to, if I want San Diego to be saved, I'm going to pray for this city because God's going to then give me the heart for it. Maybe you don't have the heart for everything that, you know, your leader wants. I start praying for your leaders and God will start to give you the heart for them and he'll align your will with their, with their will. So for me, it's so important to pray for my leaders for that so that I make sure I'm connected to what their vision is and connected to them and, and battling for them because the truth is they're getting attacked at a whole nother level than I'm getting attacked. And, um, you know, so I want to stand in the gap for my senior leaders because the truth is the, the, the more successful your senior leaders are, the more successful you're going to be at the end of the day uh, if you need other motivation. But, you know, the main motivation for me is to make sure that um, – 
you know, that my, my heart, my vision stays aligned with them. So I think it's very important to pray. Yeah, I, I think if you're criticizing more than you're praying, you're wrong. Because yeah, um, wow. I don't think we understand to, to plant a successful church takes a pioneering spirit that not a lot of people have. And it's a pioneering spirit that trudges through when things hit them in the face and take out them, take out family, take out finances. And if all we're doing is saying, how come they're doing this or how come they don't do that and we're criticizing but not praying, you're wrong and you probably shouldn't be on the team. The best supportive person on a team is someone that prays and lifts up the hands of a leader. And... And, you know, that's, that's what they did for Moses. They lifted up his hands. And his strength was failing. So we think if our leader's strength fails, then they're not a leader. But Moses' strength was failing. That's why they came up and, and raised his hands up. So our job is to lift up our hands of our leader and to support them and to pray for them. And can I, can I just add, not just pray, because I think sometimes it's easy just to pray in our shower for our senior pastor, but actually do practical things for our senior pastors as well, like buy them lunch. If you're going out to lunch with them, don't let them pay. We have the most generous senior leader in the, on the face of the planet. But make it, I've, I've tried to make it my decision that if I can get my credit card in before him, then I'm going to. Usually it doesn't happen because somehow he sneaks it past or whatever. But, but to do the practical things as well, to pay for their coffees, to pay for their lunch, to, to buy them things, to wash the car, to take care of the kids, and, and never ask for anything in, in return. So do spiritually pray for them, but practically do things as well. Man, what do they need? What can I do to take some load off of them? Because I can't carry the spiritual burden that they carry, but I might be able to carry some physical burdens that they carry. And whatever I can carry, I'm going to try to carry for them. That's awesome. Well, we are out of time, but thank you so much, Pastor David and Pastor John. I think we've really touched on so many important things today. So thank you for listening to the podcast. Is there anything else we need to mention? Obviously, Cherish Conference need to come along to it. Yeah. Yeah, let me, let me push, the push, the push book one more time. Let's do it one more time. Seriously, if, if you don't, this is something that Pastor Jurgen has preached since the time that I've known him, preached and lived it, is praying until something happens, is accessing the will of God, that the will of God isn't just automatic, that we actually have to push for it. Yeah. And uh, if you want to grow a church, if you want to grow your ministry, if you want to grow any area that you're in, you will have to push at some point. And so I'm going to encourage every leader out there, every number two, number three, number 10, number 50, number 100, you need, it's a requirement for you in your next level of leadership to get this book if you aren't getting it and if you aren't reading it you're not doing all that god has for you and see you you need to get it you need it's a it's a minimal price leaders pastor john uh said this in something that he just wrote to me as well i know it's it's been said before but leaders are readers and readers are leaders and uh everybody if you want to be a leader should be reading a book and this is the next one go right now on amazon if you're listening to this go on amazon.com and get it. Push book by Pastor Jurgen Matesius. Get it. Read it. Get it for your teams. We're putting our whole internship program through it. We got 45 interns plus our staff is going to read it. And it's going to literally change and shift the culture of our church for sure. Without Absolutely. A doubt. Yep. That's great. Well, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's message. To find out more about our church, go to c3sandiego.com.